0: drugs, sex, and eight dead women.
1: I believe she's with God, and that's the best place you can go. And she's free, and I think she's away from all the
2: pain.
0: More than 10 years after the first body is found, there are lots of theories, but still no answers. Was it the work of a serial killer? Was a law enforcement officer involved? Was it someone they knew? Who can kill like girls in a small town and... No evidence, you know what I'm saying? This is Southwest Louisiana Unsolved, the Jeff Davis Eight. Thanks for joining us for Southwest Louisiana Unsolved. I'm Jillian Corder. In our previous episodes, you've heard the stories of four Jeff Davis Parish women found dead between May 2005 and May 2007. You've heard the pleas from their families, the calls for justice in their deaths, the prayers that someone would be arrested. Less than a week after the fourth victim was discovered, then-Sheriff of Jeff Davis Parish Ricky Edwards announced two people were arrested in one of the deaths. Sheriff Edwards told reporters a tip came in. Giving investigators enough to arrest 22-year-old Hannah Connor and her 51-year-old uncle Frankie Reschard for second-degree murder. We're blessed that that somebody has come forward. We'll talk more about that tipster in just a minute. On May 16, 2007, Hannah Connor was picked up a parish over, while deputies didn't have to look far for Frankie. Mr. Richard was incarcerated Monday on a rape that had occurred earlier that day, Uh, so he's already been uh, in jail. Frankie Richard was arrested just two days after Whitney Dubois' body was found on an unrelated rape charge, one he says was later dropped. Sheriff Edwards said Frankie had been on their radar. He is... Involved in the last days of their lives. Now, what does that mean? I'm still not sure. That's what we're trying to investigate and find out. Frankie knew each of the victims. In a 2009 interview, he talked about his friendships with them and openly discussed having sex with most of the victims and doing drugs with all of them.
3: They all, every last uh, one of these girls that I knew, I've gotten high with. In fact, I've never had any problems with any of them girls. Uh, I was friends with all of them, and uh, uh, they all used to come around here to my brothers uh, right here. Uh, My mother took care of Christian, babysitting Christian. Lopez? Uh, Right. When uh, Christian was a a little girl, Christian uh, would call me uh, Uncle Frankie.
0: While Frankie was connected to the women who'd become known as the Jeff Davis Eight, he maintains his innocence.
3: They're wrong. That was my friends. I would never hurt no girl. I, I wouldn't, I would have no reason to do that. You know, no reason whatsoever. Because neither one, none of these girls was uh, uh, a threat to my life. And that would be the only way that I would ever be able to take someone's life would be to save my life or um, one of my children's life.
0: Frankie admits he saw some of the victims in the days, even the hours before they were found dead. He recalls a night at a motel just days before Kristen Gary Lopez went missing, when she and two other women, Tracy and Connie, were in his room.
3: I was staying at the motel over here, uh, the budget Inn, and they was all at my room. And I was having some problems uh, with Tracy and Christian, taking things that didn't belong to him. So I told Connie uh, not to bring him back to my room. And uh, I kind of I feel bad about that because maybe if I let him come back to my room, uh, Kristen might still be alive, you know, because that was uh, right about the same time that she came up missing.
0: Frankie Richard and Hannah Connor would never be indicted in connection to any of the women's deaths. The person who came forward with information leading to their arrest recanted her statements against them. So, who gave their names to investigators? Tracy Lynn Chasson, who was reportedly with Frankie and Kristen that night at the motel. Reporter Teresa Schmidt interviewed Tracy back in 2009 asking her why she told police Frankie and Hannah were involved. These people took me
2: on led me to what they wanted me to say. They brought me and and coursed me into everything that that wanted to they they wanted me to say. You know, uh, like I really didn't know where Kristen was dumped. You know, they led me to where to where her body was found. You know what I'm saying? And then I recognized it from the T V and so they led me to what they wanted me to say, and I just wanted to be left alone. I mean, I could not sleep. I could not do nothing. These people would was bugging, was picking me up. You know, one o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning. Anytime that anybody would say something, they would come pick me up, and I was just tired of them. I wanted them out of my life. My kids was it was involving my kids. I just wanted to be left alone. So I told them what I heard on the streets, and I took, I put um, Frankie Reeshort and Hannah, and Hannah. Uh, Connor in jail, and for about a week, and I couldn't live with myself. So and I went back and told them that I lied, that um, I, that I just made up the story, and I also put myself in jail for three months until they can find where
0: I was. She says she went back to detectives and told them she lied.
2: Do I actually believe that he hurt any of these girls? No, I don't because, I mean, I've been where he, and he's protected me, you know what I'm saying? He's never harmed me. I've been in situations with Frankie Reshort, you know what I'm saying, where um, he's never hurt me. You know, I, I
0: lied on Frankie. I lied on Frankie and went back and told the people that I lied. If Tracy Chasson was lying about Frankie's involvement and Frankie stands by his story, that he last saw Kristen Gary Lopez as she left his motel room that night. Then what happened to Kristen? The truth is, I know nothing.
2: I don't know nothing. The truth is, I don't. Kn- I, I don't know who it is.
0: Frankie, like so many others, has his own theory.
3: You know, uh, you hear uh, some of them was O.D. and uh, some of them was. Uh, was murdered. I have my suspicions, my suspicion of who's, you know, doing what. Uh, but unlike uh, some of the people that around here, I'm not just going to go uh, saying names uh, without any proof.
0: With Frankie and Hannah released, no charges had stuck thus far in the case, leaving families and the Jeff Davis Parish community on edge with even more unanswered questions about the deaths of four women, about to become five. LaConya Muggy Brown loved her family.
1: She was a loving person. We loved her, cared about her. She was close. To me and her baby, and she always said, "Oh, mama, sit down, mama. You don't feel good, mama. I'ma do this. I'ma do this, yeah."
0: And we loved it. LaCanya's grandmother Bessie raised her growing up. She vividly remembers the last time she saw her granddaughter. They were at a barbecue, laughing, joking, and enjoying time together.
1: And Jahindi was all in the pool together, swimming in the pool, having a good time, and we was barbecuing. And I said, LaConia, look something behind you. Look, look, look. And I got there and started splashing water on them. And after that, we all got out and hugged each other, splashed water
0: on each other, had a good time. After having fun in the water, Bessie says the family walked to the snow cone stand for a treat. And later that evening, LaConia told her grandmother she had plans.
1: She told me she was going to a party at the VAW. She left for about, i say about 12.30. I said, Lakanya, where you going? She said, Mom, I'm going to a birthday uh, party at the VAW. And she said, I'll be back. She got on her knees, she kissed kissed Jaheen, and she kissed me. She said, Mama, I love you. And she said, I want you to take care of yourself and take care of Jaheen. So I said, Lakanya. Come on back. She said, oh, Mamo, I need $5. I said, LaCanya, I don't have $5. I'll give you 10 So I gave her $10. So she said, OK, mama." I said, girl, you better behave yourself. Yes, ma'am, mama. I'm going to behave myself. And she left, and she never returned back home.
0: A few days later, on May 29, 2008, a police officer found LaCanya. She was dead. Her throat was cut. She was just 23 years old. But just like in the case of Loretta Chasson, the family says they were never allowed to identify the body.
1: And when I went there to go see the policeman, told me, no, you can't go back there. So right now, I, don't, I didn't see nothing. The only thing they gave us was an open cast, closed cast with our pictures on her and our baby, saying it was her. Why'd you, why did they never let you see her? I don't know. They never let me see her. What did they tell you? Oh, she was messed up. We couldn't see her. They said, it was, said the to was, was leaking. They said it was too
3: bad? Was they said she too was,
1: she was too, beat up too bad. We couldn't see her.
3: What do you think happened?
1: They, they beat her up so bad, and I heard they beat her so bad They wouldn't let the family look at the body, but I still want to see. You just wanted to see? That was really her. You had to, I mean, you needed to be able to see to just know. Maybe my words would be over with. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm still hurting. I miss her.
0: Laconia never finished high school, but her family says she did love her time there. Her sister describes her as a tomboy. She loved wrestling, roughhousing, and playing football. But most of all, she loved her son. She loved her child, Jaheim.
1: She would take her child, go walk to the store and buy soda water and potato chips. She
0: loved her child. She loved her baby. Lakanya's sister, Kendra, has always had a problem with the way her sister was categorized as living a high-risk lifestyle.
2: My point of understanding it doesn't matter how high-risk lifestyle they was. And it's hard for, it's hard for, them, to, for them to say something like that because that's somebody's child. That's somebody's loved one. And it doesn't matter what they was doing on the streets. It doesn't matter how much drugs they smoke, whatever. Don't
0: criticize them. You love them for them. Don't, don't never criticize nobody. LaKanya's grandmother says there was much more to her granddaughter than that.
1: If she did do drugs, she never done it for me. She always did take time with me and her children, our baby. And she showed how much she loved me. She had clean up, helped me, and she walk in the yard with her baby, play ball. She come in, she do this, tease her baby, and play with her baby. She loved her, her family. She loved all her family, her sisters, she loved her.
0: And she praised the person responsible. will turn themselves in one day.
1: You miss him? Yes, I really do. I really do. Mm-hmm. I really miss Lacanya a whole lot. Yes, we do. I pray to God whoever done it, that they would Turn self, tell us why.
0: As for Lacanya's son, Bessie says she'd make it her mission to make sure he has a good life. Ma'am, I have legal custody of him. I have legal custody, and I'm
1: planning to be a good grandma and to raise Jaheen, and give him all the love and care that he needs. And I'm doing all everything I can to keep him happy. And if he would ask me where his mother, I'd say, well, God took her. Took her, but one day you will see her again.
0: Just months after Muggy Brown's death, that small community in Jeff Davis Parish is rocked again and again and again. Three more women dead. Three more families without answers. Why some believe the victims were killed because of what they knew. That's next time on Southwest Louisiana Unsolved, the Jeff Davis 8.